without further ado, listen, I'm so excited uh, to introduce who, I'm not going to say a special guest, it's the second time here, this is family for us. Uh, so, Discovery, can we just stand to our feet and welcome our family, Kevin Cavandi here to the stage. guys may be seated, please. Good morning, good morning. Man, um, just before I even get started, I just wanted to uh, congratulate your team or celebrate your team and honor your team. Um, you guys have an amazing team over here um, under Pastor John and Vanessa's leadership. So give them a round of applause because every time we're here, it's just so encouraging seeing the energy and the excitement that's in this place and the expectation for what God is going to do in this place. I'm here with my amazing wife, Sarah Kubandi. Give it up over here, looking delicious in the front row. Yes, Lord. Um, so last time you saw me, last time, last time you saw me, I, I wanted to give you guys a few updates. I've got a few updates in my life. Uh, the, the, the first one, which is a really, really big one, um, Sarah is over six months pregnant. Uh, yes, that's our, that's our little bundle of joy. That's not the most recent picture. She's, she looks bigger now, but that's, that's the one that we had on, on our phones today. Um, she even gave us a thumbs up to let us know everything's going well. You know, just hollering at us. Everything's great. Strong Kubandi thumb right there. Love that. Um, another update, another member of our family that we added on is this one over here. This is Poppy. Oh, yeah. Look at her. Look at her. Look at this monster. Uh, here's the thing. This dog has turned my life upside down, okay? I, I didn't grow up. Uh, with uh, a dog in my life, okay? This is my first dog ever. I grew up in an African household with no dogs because we believe that if a dog is in the house, it has to have a job, okay? It has to, has to have certain responsibilities. It's got to contribute, okay? So I didn't grow up with these types of dogs in my life. And, and what I didn't realize is, I, you see, my, my wife tricked me, I mean, convinced me it was a good idea uh, to have a dog. And what I didn't realize is that for the foreseeable future that I would have to walk this dog multiple times a day, sometimes two if I'm lucky, but it's multiple times a day. And I'm telling you, I have seen every type of poop, okay? Every, I mean, I've seen little poop, I've seen big poop, I've seen watery poop, come on people, diarrhea, okay? It's been real, okay? And, and here's the thing, dogs don't care if it's raining, okay? When you're walking them, they will take their time, all right? So I'm out there, just recently, a few months ago, I remember I was out there when it was raining a lot, um, and I'm out there walking the dog, and I'm getting frustrated because I'm getting poured on. I know the dog's wet. I'm wet. I'm like, let's, let's just hurry this up, right? That's what I would do. So now I'm like yelling at the dog, right? I'm like, yo, come on. Let's go, Poppy. Let's poop. Let's go. And then my wife is in the back. She's hearing me continuously raise my voice. She's in the warm, okay, behind a glass door or screen door, and she's like, Kevin, you can't yell at the dog. She needs positive reinforcement. So now I'm like cheering on this dog. I'm like, go, Poppy. Go. You got this. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. That's a good poo-poo. Yes! Right? I'm like hyping up this dog. And as I get done cleaning up my dog's poop and throw it in the trash can, walk her in, feed her, I realize something. As an African kid, I realized that the American dream is real. 
And this is how I know the American dream is real. Because this dog is living it. Living it in my house, okay? That's how I know, okay? But I go through all of this. I go through all of this because I love my wife. And I know that a happy wife it leads to a happy life. I love my wife, and not only in issues like this, but in other things in our lives, I submit to my wife. You know that the word of God calls us to submit to one another, and I know for a thriving relationship that I need to submit to my wife, that we both need to submit to each other. And that, that helps our relationship thrive, it helps our relationship grow. Matter of fact, the, the, this word that we, we may hear oftentimes when it comes to scripture, this word obedience, literally just means submitting our will. It's submitting our will under something else. So in, t in many times, and many men may not want to say this out loud, but we are obedient to our wives, right? Whenever the fellows want us to stay a little bit longer, we're like, listen, the, the way my clock works, I got to be home the time I told my wife I was going to be home, right? We, because we love our wives, we are obedient to our wives. Now, if we know that that is important in marriage, how much more is that important for a thriving relationship with God? How much more is it important for us to walk in obedience when it comes to the things of God? And, and, and for those of us that, that are believers in this room, uh, and we know that it's just submitting our will towards God, we don't wake up in the morning saying, you know what, I don't want to obey God. That's not our natural um, front thought. That's not usually what we, we usually wake up thinking to ourselves. We're not saying, I don't want to obey God. What we oftentimes think is, I know I should obey, but is there another way? Yeah. I know I should obey, but is there another way? We think about that. I mean, sometimes we, 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 we do this when it comes to relationships out here. I've been living in Sonoma. I've realized I'm running into a bunch of single people. I'm like, so are there any uh, Christian people out there? It's like, listen, I know God has called me not to be unequally yoked. I, I, I know that my Boaz is somewhere out there. But here's the thing. It's Sonoma County, okay? Right? I know I should obey but is there another way? For some of us, it, 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 may, it may sneak up uh, on us in different ways. For some of us, when we, we know that we shouldn't look at um, attraction or at somebody else with, with wandering eyes, that we shouldn't look at people in, in a, or give them a, look at them in a sexual manner. We know that that's adultery in the heart. We know that. But, but, there are times when we're on our Instagrams, like, listen, I started following fitness things, and, you know, if it pops up on my IG, you know, right? We know we should obey, but sometimes we look for other ways. For some of us, it may look like that in our finances. We know that God has called us to be more generous. That God has called us to, to steward our resources in a way that we can not just which is great to give to the church, but you know that God wants us to steward our resources to be able to give when there is a need, right? And we know we should obey, but those shoes are on sale, God. Come on, come, right? We find ourselves trying to negotiate in many ways with God, and, and, and today I just want to give us a picture of what Jesus looked like when he, when he showed what it looked like to obey. Because, because not only was Jesus God, but he was also fully man. Yeah. 
And he was our example of what it looks like to walk in a relationship and to have life, walk in a relationship with God and to have life in this world. So Jesus is the best example that we can see. And, and today I want to give you guys a picture of what it looked like for Jesus to walk in obedience. In Matthew chapter, let me see right here. Hold on. Laptop, don't die on me. Okay. We're going to scroll down. It's going, to be, it's going to be right behind me. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36. I want to give you a little context of what is happening here in the verse um, before I read it. Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. He knows that tonight is the night that he's going to be betrayed and arrested. And he's going to eventually be sentenced to death on a cross. So right before he does that, he grabs a few disciples and he goes um, away so that he can get his mind, his heart, and his spirit ready for what is about to happen. So in this moment, we see Jesus having a conversation with God as he steps away. Um, and I'm going to start off here in Matthew 26, verse 36. And it says this, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and told his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Jesus carrying the weight of obedience to the point that it's physically messing with him. And yet as he continues in, in verse 39, it says, and he went a little beyond them. And fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. If it's possible. I know that I must obey. But is there another way? We're seeing Jesus. God in flesh. Doing the same thing that many of us do. And in this moment, I, I, I ain't mad at him because I, I bargain with God all the time. If, if we can be honest, I, I bargain with God all the time. Like I, like, I know, I know I should forgive that person. I know I should. But if I look at them right now, I might cut them. Okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to ignore them. I'm just going to ignore them. I, Lord, I'm not willing to forgive, but I can forget about them. I can forget about him, but that's not what God is calling us to. And we find ourselves bargaining with God. God, I know that I should, should volunteer more, that I should make time to help build your kingdom, that I should make time to help build your kingdom. But here's the thing. I got kids, and they're running around crazy, and they're driving me crazy, and work is crazy right now. And, I'm, I'm, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to move ahead in my career. And the last thing I want to do is to give away my free time. I know, God, you're calling me to obey. But, man, is there another way? Right? We find ourselves trying to constantly bargain with God. For some of us, um, and maybe with how we spend our, our, our relaxing time or how we, how we diffuse from work. For some of us, when we get home, the first thing that we're thinking, man, today's been a long day. Or it's been a long week. And I know I probably need to talk to God about this. Or I need to talk to a friend about what's going on in my life. But right now, the last thing I want to do is talk. I'm, I'm opening this fridge and I see a beer in there. I see one or two or three. And the next thing you know, I know God called me to, to, to distress somewhere else. Mm. 
But here I am at the, looking at the bottom of another bottle. I know, God, you're calling me to obey, but is there another way? And what I find fascinating about Jesus is that he doesn't stop where most of us would stop with the bargain. What he doesn't say, he says, yet not as I will, but as you will. Not as I will, but as you will. And then after he does that, he steps up and goes back to his disciples. And in verse 40, it says this, And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour, keeping watch and praying so that you keep, keep watching and praying so that you do not come into temptation. Pay close attention to this. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. And when I read this text, I, oftentimes when you, you'll hear pastors preach this or some other people talk about this, they almost are making fun of the disciples. And, and, and I want you to understand, I know there is some level of disappointment in Jesus that his disciples didn't stay up. But he's, he's not mad and belittling his disciples. He understands. Because he's in the same, he's in a very similar boat that they're in. Their, their spirit is willing but their flesh is weak. And for some of us in this room, the reason why it's hard for us to walk in obedience is because our spirit is willing. God, I, I want to walk this way. God, I want to do this thing. God, I, I want to follow you. God, I want to be in my scripture more. God, I want to pray more. God, I want to be more generous. God, I want to be more forgiving. But as time goes on, our flesh takes over. Our flesh takes over because we're not strengthening our spirit. And Jesus here shows us an example of how you strengthen the spirit. In verse 42, he went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, now watch the shift. My father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink from it, your will be done. Your will be done. If there is no other way, I will obey. If there is no other way, I will obey. But Jesus had to isolate himself from the noise. He had to isolate himself from the doubt. He had to surround himself in the face of the Father. He had to cry out so that his spirit could overcome his flesh. And if we want to walk in obedience, we need to strengthen our spirit to overcome our flesh. I'm going, to give you three, I'm going to give you three points that I see from here, and then I'm going to be out of your hair. The first thing he says, uh, first thing that you have to notice here is that uh, Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. And if we're going to be people that walk in the Spirit, we got to be people of prayer. we got to be people of prayer. It can't be a once-in-a-while thing. It can't be a Sunday thing. It's got to be an everyday thing. Sometimes it's got to be twice or three times a day thing. We got to be in the face of the Father. If we want to strengthen our spirit, we need to be, be, we need to be people of prayer because our Lord and Savior was a person of prayer. Yeah. Whenever you see Jesus step into something miraculous, whenever you see Jesus step into something that is defining of his calling, he's praying first. And there's always prayer that leads before, that proceeds before a great action. We need to be people of prayer. The next thing that he did was proximity. He stepped away. He went away to be wherever God was. He went away. 
Now, sometimes it looks like stepping away in isolation. You need to get away from the noise. But sometimes you need to just find the places where God's people are at. You just need to find places where you can connect with God, wherever that may be. Some of you, it's out in nature. Oh, I like the fresh air. Mm. Right? Do you, boo-boo. Wherever, wherever you meet God, wherever you meet God, you need to find those places so that you can surround yourself with his presence. And the last thing is people. Who are you running with? Who are you running with? If Jesus had to pull aside his disciples to pray with them, how much more do we need to do that? How much more do we need to find our circles of prayer? How much more do we need to surround ourselves with people that build up our faith? Who are your people? Find your people. Because here's the thing. Let me tell you something about obedience. Obedience will not just bless you, but it will bless the people around you. Obedience, fathers, obedience will not just help you lead your family well, but it will bring freedom to your children. It will bring protection. It will bring favor when we as fathers walk in obedience. Mothers, let me tell you something. One of the greatest gifts my mother ever gave me was a lifestyle of prayer. Those 5 a.m. prayers that she faithfully did have unlocked things in my life that I haven't even prayed for. Her obedience set me free and opened doors for me that I never could have imagined. Guys, obedience doesn't just allow us to step into the will of God. It unlocks our potential. So in those seasons and in those situations, my hope, honestly, my hope is that every day it gets easier and easier to follow Jesus. But in those moments when it's hard, when it's challenging, when every part of your flesh is saying no. Please turn to the Father and say, if there is no other way, I will obey. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God's will for your life. It will not only bless you, but it will bless those around you.